Meet the Nerd Girls. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Karen Panetta, computer engineer, inventor, IEEE fellow, dean of graduate education for the School of Engineering at Tufts University, and founder of Nerd Girls. Welcome, Dr. Panetta. Thank you, Tanya. Happy to be here. Give us a quick summary of your professional background and some of your specialties. Sure. So, well, I was probably one of the first female engineers in my my classes. And um, I, when I went to work, I had no women around me. So I always promised if I could be successful at getting a PhD, which I did, I promised that I'd go back and try to help um, inspire other young women and girls to go into engineering. So I've done that. And I did that um, through my Nerd Girls program. I was hired at Tufts University as the first electrical engineer in the department, female engineer. And they said, you're being hired to be a mentor for women. And when I got there, guess what? There were no women. <laughs> so I had my work cut out for me. Oh gosh, I, how many times have I heard that story? But you did something about it. Tell us about Nerd Girls and what's its mission and how did it come about? Sure. So one of the things I noticed was there was, you know, I'm not very athletic. And I noticed that a lot of the shows and social impact types of things where you can only be successful if you're, you know, arm candy for somebody else, or if you're a sports athlete, uh, or cheerleader, and, and, and nobody was celebrating brains, you know, nobody was celebrating intelligence, and it was actually looked upon as a negative. So, and then the other big pieces, every time I would say to someone, and then I'm an engineer, they look like, really, you know, because they always assume that you can't, you can't, you know, that, that was a compliment. That was actually a compliment because that meant I look good. <laughs> but you can't, the, the two things were always considered mutually exclusive. You know, you can't be smart, smart and well-rounded. You've got to be a, you know, a cave eating pizza video game player, you know, uh, have no life, no oral hygiene type of individual. And that was when I wanted to show that being an engineer is all about imagination, innovation, and creativity. And that is, you know, the, the foundation. And everybody's always confused that with, oh no, you need math and science as the foundation. So one of the first things I did was I started, you know, asking young girls, well, what do you like? And oh, their parents would say, what, what do they like? Well, they like math and science. I said, no, no, no. What are they doing when they're not doing math and science? And they would talk about, oh, they like to scalp, they like to sew, you know, oh, they like these different things. And that's how I brought in, you know, bringing what you love and then bring in the engineering and don't stuff the math and science down their throats. So I started with students. I had no women at Tufts, so I started recruiting young women and I taught them how to you know, build from nothing. And I started with a solar project. I knew nothing about solar. And it was really important that they could see that just using your core critical skills and imagination, you could pretty much do anything. And we saved a national historic landmark uh, the, the Thatcher Island last operating twin lighthouse in the United States using solar energy. And that design is used in all the U.S. Coast Guard lighthouses across the United States today, designed by a bunch of 19 to 21 year old young women. I love it. What a, what a great mission. Nerd Girls also does podcast interviews. Um, what are some of the occupations and unusual stories behind some of your guests? So I tried to get a diversity of career opportunities because one of the first things, you, you know, you noted I was a computer engineer. I, I thought, oh, I design computers and that's it. And it's so much more. It's really about making impact and solving world challenges and benefiting humanity. And I learned all that through IEEE because I got involved in so many activities doing these types of things. 
And the biggest thing that I noticed was how do we, you know, um, use our skills to benefit humanity? And young, I went and got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and I still didn't know what engineers could do. And it wasn't until I became a professor that I could say, oh, my gosh, it's, it's limitless. So the women that I put on the show, I tried to show diverse talents. I had a young lady, you know, she was one of seven kids. And she you know, was an inner city young lady who loved Chinese medicine and football. And she wanted to become, you know, an engineer doctor. I had, uh, you know, the first um, Miss, U, uh, was it, Miss America contestant that did science as her talent. Now, I mean, how cool is that? And she wanted to be a forensic scientist, which I thought was really cool. And trying to show that uh, that these young ladies, you know, a lot of them say, yeah, I skipped classes. I, you know, I didn't want to be an engineer because my parents wanted to be an engineer. Telling those stories and their backgrounds or diverse backgrounds makes such a difference because the young ladies that are out there, they might be in communities where their parents aren't engineers. They don't have these types of things, uh, resources, and they can assimilate and say, I'm like her, you're like me. And, and I think that's the most inspiring role model we can have is that you can show that you can come from anywhere to be anything you want and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. That's a great, that's a great statement. What's the most important element in attracting young women into STEM education and occupations and who's doing it right? Failure. Engineering is all about failure. And I think that one of the biggest problems is our young people today are taught that you know, failure is bad and that, you know, if you aren't getting an A in your math and science classes, you are not cut out for engineering. And I tried to dispel that right from the very beginning, because I always make the analogy again, sports, right? Everybody's all into sports and that's all that counts. And I say, you know, if you lose the game, do you quit the sport? You know, no, you train harder and you practice, right? And that's why, why is our using our brain any different? So I try to explain to them that it's better you make mistakes now because we learn from them. But when you create something and you've, you know, you've, you've looked at from all these different perspectives and you beat it up, it's better it feels in a, fail, in a safe environment than when you create a product or when you put it out there for somebody else to use. And so, you know, getting over the fact that failure is a bad thing and it's a tough thing to accept, right? Because usually it's attached to a grade, you know, like oh, nobody wants to get an F, but I usually tell people, you know, shake it off, move on. And, and, and I think that that's the big one. The thing that we're doing right is now we're making projects more gender equitable. So one of the first things I looked at was, you know, what kind of projects are they doing? And they had kids smashing concrete and, and, you know, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to teach that. I don't want to do that. Why would another girl want to do that? Some girls might, but, um, and I tried to make the analogy once I said to parents, I said, well, you know, if I, what gender equity meant in projects, I said, well, what happens if tomorrow I came in, I said, we're going to have the entire class, boys and girls, design high heels. How many parents would come back and say, I'm not having my son design high heels? No way. But if I change it to sneakers, let's say today we're going to design sneakers. That's gender equitable. Everybody loves sneakers. Everybody's okay with it. And I think that that's the problem that we've been having traditionally with all of our education is it's been one-sided. I have a little boy and I look at the, the toys for him versus the toys for girls. And I was like, wow, no wonder we have this, you know, this, this total shift, you know, separation between boys and girls and what we teach them. Couldn't agree more. How is IEEE involved in nerd girls? 
IEEE has actually given me uh, my actual outlet, the venue for me to reach across the world and engage these populations of young girls. So I started at my own institution, but NeuroGirls became an international phenomenon because IEEE gave me these audiences. So I would travel to India, you know, um, before social media and, 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 you know, the internet and being a, a, a place to put your videos. I used to go out and actually do outreach events in person with over 85,000 different groups. And IEEE would send me to Australia, to India, to uh, all these different countries to meet these young girls. So I got to understand the different cultures of what learning on how women are, are um, perceived as engineers and how, how women are valued differently. So it helped me craft a better program. But they also funded uh, the um, through their IEEE New Initiatives Committee, they actually funded season one of Nerd Girl Nation, which is the the, set, the series that we interview and try to profile exciting new careers for women to understand how engineering can fit in. Well, I mean, one of the interviews we did was with the sound engineer for Taylor Swift. I mean, how cool is that, right? That's very cool. So what advice can you offer to young women who are thinking about career options for the next year or even the next decade? What trends or disruptions might offer the most opportunity? Well, right now, it's all about artificial intelligence and understanding. And I don't care whether you become an engineer or not. I believe that understanding how artificial intelligence works and how to utilize it across your disciplines is going to be very important. It's going to be like using our word processor, right? We all use it or using a, a video conferencing tool. Whether you're either designing it or using it, you have to understand it. And that's probably critical. The other piece of it is understanding you know, um, whether there's bias in it. So one of the things that I always see, you know, and I joke about is when I was becoming, um, you know, they do those like a career assessment things. And when I was in high school, it came back and told me, even though I had, you know, great math and science scores that I could be a, a cook or cosmetic or, you know, or work in a store selling cosmetics where guys that scored lower than me could be engineers. And when I went back to complain, they said, well, it's computer generated. So, you know, it's gotta be right. And I think we're at that same cycle now where people are saying, well, the AI says it's this, so therefore it's gotta be correct. And I think that we have to understand that, you know, just because it's coming out of the AI does not mean we understand that that's the definitive answer it's giving us. It's only as good as the data it's trained with. The other big thing is young ladies today have to be persistent. And when we hear no all the time. And we hear other people, one of the biggest things that drives me crazy is when a really talented young lady will come to me and say, well, I went into this internship and this other person who was interning told me that I'd be better off in marketing and I'm not an engineer because I'm too blah, blah, blah. And, and to me, I always say, you know, does that person really know you? They've known you for what, two weeks? And why are they, how are, are they, are they saying this to encourage you? No. So I usually have this saying that, you know, um, kick people like that to the curb and stick and build your network with people, only people who empower you. You don't need that negative energy and that can very quickly bring them down. That's probably one of the largest things that I do see holding back women today is that they are not sticking to what's inside. You know what you can do. And if somebody says you can't, you tell them where to go and you move on. <laughs> Great advice again, Karen. Dr. Karen Panetta, computer engineer, inventor, IEEE fellow, Dean of Graduate Education for the School of Engineering at Tufts University and 
founder of Nerd Girls. Thanks again for joining us, Karen. And if somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to tune into Nerd Girls or find out more about your program. How can they do that? Sure. They can go to nerdgirls.com and see Nerd Girl Nation. And they can also, I also have a book if you're interested in raising a nerd girl yourself or a child and using gender equity. I have a book called Count Girls In. So you can actually um, read the book and see if, you know, how, great techniques for raising gender, gender STEM equitable kids that will take on, take on challenges and change the world. I love, love it. And find more of my interviews right here on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.